And we are live. Hi, welcome back, everybody. We're the Since 94 podcast. I got JB with me. I got Gary D. What's up? What's myself, up? of course. Uh, today, we got a very special guest. I'd like to introduce him as a 2019 Big West Tournament MVP, Big West second team, one of the best three-point shooters in UC Irvine history. Ended up finishing his final year of collegiate basketball with the University of Arizona. Max Hazard, how's it going, Max? Good, man. How are you guys? Appreciate y'all bringing me on. Appreciate you for coming on, man. Yeah, we're happy to have yeah, you. Thank you for coming through. Now, before I go any further, you want me to go with Max or Haz? Um, I mean, what, what did you used to call me, Haz? I used to call you Haz, but I don't know. What do you want people, people to know you as? Haz is cool. Okay, we'll go with Haz. Yeah. How's uh, quarantine going with you? Uh, it's going. I'm just trying to stay busy, man. Trying to stay creative and just turn, obviously, the situation into the positive if possible. I mean, you, you guys, especially in your situation, uh, it was your fifth and final year of collegiate basketball, and that was uh, unfortunately cut short. Yeah. Um, what do you think? What like your thoughts on that Pac-12 tournament was like? Right, it was the first round, I believe. Yeah, it was like the first round, and right after you know our first game, they were talking about not having fans, and that was like right around the same time. It was the same day actually that Rudy Gobert and uh, you know that whole team with the Jazz kind of got sick, and then they canceled that game. And then once that game was canceled, um, I want to say that I believe they already canceled their tournament. Um, yeah. And then we kind of saw that night, I think, another conference maybe, like maybe the Big Ten or the Big East, they canceled theirs. And once they canceled that, we kind of knew it was going to be a wrap. And, you know, shortly the next morning it was. Yeah. Uh, did, did they inform you? Like, like around that time, did they kind of, like, email you guys or, like, bring a team meeting saying, like, hey, this might be the situation? Or was it just, like, out of nowhere? Well, it was that night. We were just kind of preparing for our next game, just kind of standard, you know? Mm. Who'd you guys have? We were about to play SC. Okay. okay. And Coach kind of brought us in that night. And, I mean, we are going to have a meeting regardless. But we kind of had a meeting just in terms of, you know, let's just kind of go, like, business as usual and let's just get ready to play. Like, control what we can. You know, we didn't really think anything was, like, going to get canceled. And maybe some of us did. But shortly that next morning, because it was going to be an earlier game, maybe around, like, one or two. And that next morning, around, like, eight or nine, we just found out on Twitter, kind of like everybody else. So wow. as if the uh, if the tourney didn't get canceled, what would have happened? Who would who would have won that? And let me tell you, JB over here covers USC basketball, so he's he's almost at every game. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, they beat us two times already, but mm-hmm. it's hard to beat the team three times. So, true, true. What were you guys ranked in that in the tournament? We were the fifth or sixth seed. It was so close, like the top four or five teams, they were, you know, it was like a game or two that separated them. But we had to four games as opposed to three, so it was going to be hard to win, win the tournament for sure. And for you guys, it was pretty much like you got to win the Pac-12 to get in? Nah, I mean, obviously you don't really know it's a selection Sunday, but yeah, we had a good feeling we were going to go. I mean, we had, a, we had a good team, you know, we had a pretty good record. We dropped yeah. some, we should have lost, but. I mean, we had a lot of talent, you know, with three guys, you know, declaring for the draft. All being freshmen, I'm pretty sure they wanted to see them in the tournament. So I think we're going to be all right. That's true. All right. So uh, 
like I said before, I'm 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 gonna go with this uh, from from where it started to where it ended. Yeah. Um, and then we're gonna do like some rapid fire questions in the end, some fun stuff. Okay. Uh, and we'll go from there. So I just gotta get my hat right because none of it. <laughs> so uh, uh, you've probably heard this a million times. Every single interview loves to ask you this question yeah. and even mention it. Uh, your family come. Your family name pretty much comes from a, a lot of a lot of basketball and athletic history. Uh, your grandfather, Walt Hazard, played with UCLA, won uh, the first ever UCLA championship with John Wood and played with Kareem. Uh, played with the with the Lakers, I want to say. Yep, drafted by the Lakers, yeah. Um, and then your dad was a walk-on at Stanford, played for three years. Uh, uncle played D1 at George Washington, assistant coach of the Knicks and the Lakers. Uh, older brother played, Jacob Hazard played with four years at Arizona. Yeah. And then also your grandmother was the first African-American cheerleader at UCLA. Right. So wow. there's a lot of pressure wow. over there, you know, carrying that name. Um, talk to us about, you know, I'm sure you've talked about this a million times, but we'd love to know yeah. that. I don't know if you want to call it pressure, but what do you think with that family name? Yeah, I mean, I obviously have some accomplished people in my family, um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it pressure. I mean, just like them, I'm I'm built the same way. I'm cut from the same cloth. I mean, and with anybody, anything they do is really just about the work you put in. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things just kind of seeing growing up was that, like, nothing was handed to anybody, you know? I mean, you could take my dad, for example, being, you know, um, in law and being an entertainment, uh, entertainment lawyer and just seeing the work that he does. No one in our family has ever done that before. So for him to kind of, you know, be the son of, first pick in the NBA draft and a former, you know, player of the year and national champion. It was really cool for him, um, obviously, to go into something totally different and kind of trail away on his own and be so successful and give everything, you know, to our family that we have and I'm blessed enough to have my brother and I and my mom. And so just kind of seeing him do that, I just, I just like basketball, you know. And at first I was just kind of playing just because it was something to do my parents always had me playing sports just trying to keep us busy and uh, at first basketball was just kind of whatever to me I wasn't that good at it but my brother played it and you kind of always want to be like big bro so I stuck with it I learned from the mistakes that he made and you know I was lucky enough to kind of turn my career into something in terms of basketball so I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of it for sure so with like a lot of people in your family that were were collegiate athletes and professional athletes do you think that do you think that your perspective growing up and like going through the like going through the college basketball and high school basketball and do you think you had a different perspective because you had so many people that kind of went through that already? Yeah, you could say that. Um, I kind of knew maybe what it would take, especially having an uncle who, you know, was a former Division One athlete. He coached at Portland um, University of Portland, or Portland University, and uh, so just kind of seeing him obviously transition from being a player into a coach. And he was also doing player development with the Lakers. So I kind of knew I had somebody in my corner. Well, if I wanted it, he'd help me get it. Um, so that that was kind of a cheat code in, in my opinion. And hey, Haz, when you were when you were in the backyard playing against your brother, uh, what what was that competition like? You know, yeah. how, how, how was learning from him? The answer I should say is, you know, I was out there cooking him and busting him, but I <laughs> I, you know, my brother probably still um, 
the best shooter in the family for sure. And so my game kind of wasn't always, you know, shooting threes, shooting jumpers. I was more, you know, at the rim, just trying to be, you know, like a slashing playmaker type of guard. But seeing my brother shoot, seeing my brother, you know, continuously make shots and the excitement that he kind of played with and brought, you know, to the game and to every gym. And my brother wasn't the best team. I mean, the best player on his teams all the time, but he ended up at times being the most valuable, being the most important. And more than that, just being like one of the most exciting. And that was something that like, I just kind of gravitated towards. Um, always wanting to just kind of be a shooter. And obviously with Steph, the emergence of Curry and kind of how he changed the game just kind of became so fun, you know, for everybody. You could shoot, you know, you're that valuable, especially in today's game. But my brother and I, we used to go at it. We used to have fun. Obviously, a lot of injuries, a lot of fights, uh, a lot of snack talking. But, you know, moments I, I'll never forget and moments and memories that I'll cherish forever. Uh, Loki, like no disrespect to your brother. Whenever you used to come to Irvine to watch games, I, I like looking at him. Yeah. I would have never thought he was a ball player. Max, yeah, yeah. You know, but I think I think that's like a a, a, a good thing though. Yeah, for you know sure. What I mean, like he just comes in. I, I looked up his highlights, and like you said, he was a really good shooter, really good defender, pick you up full court. Right. And I mean, you don't get to Arizona just just by not being good. Yeah, and the dopest part about my brother, man, is. He'll come play pickup, you know, with my teams in college or just like with my friends who are obviously younger and still playing in college. And they he'll just hold his own, you know. He'll hit three game winners. That's like, yo, who's guarding this dude, bro? <laughs> <laughs> He'd always be my first pick. You know? Yeah. Um, so you guys played high school together. I think you were a freshman, he was a senior. Yeah. Uh you did you got some minutes, nothing crazy as a freshman. Um but senior year, you ended up averaging pretty much 19, 4, and 3 with uh, about two steals a game. That was uh, a minute ago. But. Yeah. Huh? Uh, talk to us about uh, that high school uh, basketball. Yeah. Man, high school basketball was so much fun. And, like, a different type of fun. It's different than college just because it's so intimate, you know. The gyms obviously aren't that big, but we were, you know, kind of packing them out. And we had a good team, great coach great coaches um and it was just fun man I, I got there obviously as a freshman that's when our school started it was 9 through 12 and uh at first I wasn't sure if I was going to be on varsity but I worked hard enough kind of had a previous relation you know with coach Adams and uh I just kind of fit in you know more on like a personal level than, than maybe even basketball but I was good he knew I was going to work he knew I was going to make practice competitive um and then I just I just stayed with it. I was lifting every day. You know, even before games, I was lifting just because I wasn't playing that much. So I was just getting my work in with my uncle, and he just told me, keep working, keep working. Your time is going to come. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm like the sixth man come playoff time when the oh. season matters. Um, so just kind of having that experience, being a younger guy and, and coming along and clicking at the right time definitely gave me, like, a good, a good experience that I've had moving forward because – up and down, you know, that's just kind of how seasons are. That's just kind of how teams are. You know, it's next man up mentality all the time. So definitely I, I carry that into my college experience. You know, obviously having a red shirt and having, you know, years where I came off the bench. Yeah. Especially this year, I had to um, kind of grab back and look back to that experience and, and take some things. But, yeah, my, my high school experience, was it was pretty cool, man. I uh, – you know, obviously saw some success. I ended up starting to get recruited. 
I got my first offer from UCI actually at the end of my uh, my freshman year. We were playing Water Day. I had a game, and that was my first offer. And then, you know, I reeled in a couple more. Never was high measure, but go where we were supposed to go, and I was so happy. I went to UCI. One of the best decisions in my life for sure. And you know, I had the opportunity to play at a high major this year, and I took it. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, how about your time with uh, Oakland Soldiers? Did that help with your recruiting process? And also, I mean, how did how did you end up playing on the Oakland Soldiers? Because I mean, it's Oakland. Uh, you're an LA guy. How right. does that work? How does that work? I was asking the same thing when they kind of came after me, like, "How does this going to work? Live in LA and you guys playing Oakland, but we just like didn't practice." It was just like we play on the weekend, so we'll just fly you out to like where you we guys are talented. You guys had Stanley Johnson, Ivan Rab. Yeah, now, right, we had, to, name, to name a few. We had we had a squad, and we never won like any championships. Really, that just kind of speaks to how crazy the EYBO is and was, um, and especially not practicing. You know, it's going to be hard to to win a championship, which it was. But it was a great experience. Some of my best friends um, still to this day were on that team. Um, and I still talk to Mark and Lance, the guys who started and still run the program. So that was a great experience for me and kind of just exposed me to, you know, the best players literally yeah. in the world, honestly, um, at that age and gave me that exposure to, you know, every head coach in the country. You know, I'm playing in front of Coach K, I'm playing in front of Calipari, I'm playing in front of everybody. So that was a cool experience at times. Cause yeah. That thing was hard. I was turning that thing over, but it was, <laughs> it was fun. Though. Well, you described like a sense of intimacy that you get from being on a high school team. Like, was it was there like a, a change that you felt whenever you were playing for the soldiers? Um. Yeah, I mean, one thing with the soldiers and just the EYB in general is it's not for the fans. You know, it's not for like spectators. Really, we're literally coming here. Guys are playing for scholarships. They're playing for their lives. So it's just yeah. a different energy. And everybody is like kind of at that level. So you go from being one of the best players on your high school team to I'm not even the best dude like in the in the arena at all. I might be the worst, you know. So I wasn't. I'm just saying like that's a that's a thing. That's that's one of the biggest differences. For sure. Do you uh, do you remember who you played against and you were like, dang, they they're going to make it to the league. Like, they got promise. Like, who is that? Who is the one the one yeah. player that stood out to you? I mean, you could grab a couple on every team. That's what made it so crazy. But right. personally, playing Tyler Youth was one of the worst experiences I've ever I've ever had, yeah. He picked you up full court? He was picking me up full court from the moment. I actually scratched that, scratched that. I started that game, and I really wanted to start, obviously. Like, who doesn't? Um, and so they're like, all right, we'll start you. Like, whatever, all you have to do is, you know, kind of speak up and you've been playing well. So here we go, you started. And I'm like, cool. And I'm playing like a small guard. This is this is great. And every coach in the country is here. And I want to say he ripped me maybe like the first three times I touched the ball or tried to just bring the ball. And it was layup, alley-oop, pull up three. It was, a, yeah, it was, it was a bad experience. It was, it was a bad experience there. Um. Was that an automatic sub, though? Um, nah, they let me rock out. And that was one thing which I loved about the soldiers. I kind of got to learn, you know, through my mistakes and get better. And I did. You know, that was one thing about the EYBO. I was getting so much better. 
But yeah. it's to kind of have to go through, you know what I'm saying? Kind of have to go through those trials. Because you did have, what's his name, Dunbar? Yeah, we had Trevor. Right? And that guy's like a mixtape legend. Mixed legend, bro. Right? So One of the craziest handles I've ever seen, ever. Yeah. But he can't shoot like me. I know. That's the thing. So it's kind of like they were trying different stuff, different games, depending on the matchups, and that was just a bad matchup for me. Um, so yeah, you, you said you had the first offer freshman year against Marty with UCI. Yeah. Um, I looked at Rivals.com. I saw you had a scholarship from Brown, Cal mm-hmm. Poly, LMU, Pacific, San Jose State, UCSB. Um, do you choose UCI because they were the first offer, or is it something else that stood out to you? Um, I mean, that was my first offer, you know, freshman year. And if I'm getting one freshman year, a lot of people don't ever get scholarships. Right, so I got one freshman year. I'm thinking, well, everybody's just gonna come, compiling in, you know. And you think like a high major was coming in after a mid major? I just figured, like, I got a scholarship as a freshman. There's only so many people in the country who can say that. So yeah. I just figured, you know, the high majors are gonna come. But I think one of the things, just with the way my career kind of went, um, being the size that I am, you know, being like around like five eleven with my stature, um, I was always kind of playing with an elite point guard, you know? And I had the ability to shoot and score off the ball just naturally. Yeah. Kind of just fell into that two-guard spot. And at my size, you know, high majors aren't, like, looking for a small two-guard. Um, and I could have gone high major. There were schools who were recruiting me but wanted me, like, to commit right away. Yeah. So I to visits, and I want to have the recruitment process. But when you're the second or third option, you don't, you don't really have that say-so. So going to UCI... Great academics, great coach. Um, they were really good. Obviously, great location. My family can come to the games. And like I said, you know, high level education, that's really what it's about. And they wanted me. You want to go where you want it. So it ended up being, you know, a great decision. I'd do it again. I want to ask about the recruitment process. Like, when did you, when offers started coming, when did you start feeling like things were different? Because I could always imagine it's like you're a young kid and you're really good at what you do and you start getting all these people coming up to you and asking you, hey, how about we have lunch? We could talk about this. Like, when was when did you notice things started becoming a little bit different and how did you handle it? Two different times. Um, because obviously I've been playing basketball since I can't even really remember, you know, since I was three or four or whatever. I'd always kind of been playing basketball. And like I said, it, it was always just kind of fun. I was just playing it because that was the thing to do. My family played it, my brother played it, and I was just always around it. So I just kind of naturally fell in love with the game over time. And that's why I played. I was never playing for a scholarship. I was never playing to, you know, go pro. I was, it was never about any of that, any of the notoriety. But kind of when I got to, you know, my freshman year and my coach, I started getting, like, those little letters, the little newsletters in the, in the mail, just kind of like the form letters. And I'm like, when I got my first letter, I think it was from like Washington State. And maybe everybody was getting them, you know? <laughs> like, I was, I don't know. I don't know. I've never gone through this before, but I'm getting letters. And so then it kind of turned from like, you know, I'm just out here having fun to like, wait, maybe, maybe I could actually do this. And then fast forward, I'm starting to put in work in my freshman year and I can get a scholarship. I don't want to say it turned to all business, but it ended up being obviously like more serious than just having fun. Like, I can say, you know, my parents, a lot of money. And, you know, I go away with student loans. So let me take this more serious. 
Yeah, I know you said UCI was pretty much, you know, number one due to academics. Great coach. They wanted you. Yeah. Um, was there a, was there like another school that you didn't get an offer from that you always wanted to play for? I mean, it's hard for me not to think so. It's my family history. My dad went to law school. Grandfather, my grandma. I kind of just grew up, you know, a brewing, just kind of always being in poly, working out, working the camps, going to the camps when I was younger. So I always thought I was going to UCLA. I mean, life kind of happens and you kind of just go with the flow, but I always just kind of thought I'd be a Bruin. Yeah. So, so we get to UCI. Freshman year, you end up redshirting. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I was there and I saw you had the shoulder, the season-ending shoulder surgery. Um, I, I never really understood, were you, red, were you a redshirt before the, the injury or you redshirted because of the injury? What ended up happening there? I was a redshirt before the injury. Which I wasn't happy about, obviously. So I mean, the coaches told you to register, or it was your—it wasn't your choice. Yeah. Um, that's always like the question, you know? Do you yeah. have a choice, or is it the coach's decision? Um, and I never registering never crossed my mind. Like, I, like you said, I was—I was first team all conference in high school, uh-huh. averaging nineteen, and I'm going to UCI. And like high majors have been, you know, recruiting me, coming to practice and stuff. So I'm thinking I'm going to go there and be the man from day one. Yeah. I'm not really worried about who's there. Like, I just figured I'm better than everybody. Mm-hmm. Kind of get there and realize, oh, wait, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, low-key, they got Alex Young, Luke Nelson, Jaron Martin. You know, and you see them from afar, but it's like, I can do all that. No, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. I don't realize how much different college is in high school and how, how good those dudes really are. Um, and I still got there and held my own, but not to the point where I was going to, like, take somebody's spot. And so they had my best interest in mind. I didn't think they did at the time, but they, they did. Um, and then when they kind of, you know, brought up those red-shirting conversations, I was, at first I was like, I don't want to do, I don't want to go to college for five years. That was my whole thing. Four is enough for me. But I'm in, obviously, my last year now. It was the best thing for, for sure. me. I'm so glad I did it now. But initially, um, I, I didn't plan a red shirt, but. When they kind of brought it up, I was like, might as well get my shoulder fixed. It has been bothering me. And then that's just kind of how I went. How'd your parents feel about that? About that, like knowing you're going to have a fifth year of college? Um, I mean, at first, we were just so kind of stuck on basketball. Like, what? They're redshirting you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, thought, we thought this was going to look way different. And then when we really thought about it, it was like, okay, well, you might have the opportunity to get your master's if you play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it turned like back into a business decision. And, you know, the best decision I could have made. And in the recruiting process, sorry, JB. No, you're good. Um, in the recruiting process, the coaches ever even mention, like, the possibility of redshirting? Like, no, we, got, we got a couple guys ahead of you, just a heads up. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to remember, but I, I don't really think so, you know, because I think depending on the kid, depending on the family that you're dealing with, that could turn some people away. Yeah, and they probably would have known if they told me I was gonna redshirt. I would have, you know, taking taking it elsewhere. What was the uh, the rehab process like for your shoulder? Um, trash. It was because <laughs> um, on my right shoulder, I also like had a broken bone. I, I like chipped the bone off because I had oh. pain for so long with the torn labrum. Eventually, like the bone chipped off or something. I don't know, but. They had to obviously repair not just the labrum, but let the bone heal as well. So it was 
supposed to be like a six month process, but kind of turned into like nine. And it was my, my strong hand, so I really couldn't do anything. I had the big the big brace. Sleeping was yep. Fine. yep. One thing I'm wondering too, like when you got there at UCI and you're you're during this rehab process and like did it did it sort of feel like semi professional in that way where you were you were kind of being treated to you're still you're still like a guy that on a scholarship they wanted you there they wanted to be there like how was what was the rehab process externally like with the relationship with the coaching staff the school they were great they were great and i think that's where a lot of our relationships kind of like form i don't know how much of that is just me being a freshman getting to know guys because mm. i'm just around more um i'm in the training room all the time i'm talking to the coaches and they're just like reaching out trying to make sure i'm all good because i'm not practicing and stuff so I really got close, you know, with the trainers um, and especially the assistant coaches that I was just, I was always around and they just show mad love. So and they still do. They still do. Now, jumping into your redshirt freshman year, mm -hmm. uh, that was my last year there with you in, in Irvine. Um, yeah. So uh, you end up starting the first 15. Right. Which... Like, no offense, I was kind of shocked because I hadn't seen you play. I never saw you play. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just knew you in the sling. That's, that's has. <laughs> um, but you come in and you're, and you're killing it, right? So you start the first 15. And the game that, that really made me a believer was, I don't know if you remember, the, the CSUN game at CSUN. I remember. I love playing CSUN. First half? Yeah, you love playing CSUN because, like, everyone's there, right? <laughs> everyone from the family's there. Yeah, you, you gotta make fun of my alma mater, half. man. You gotta do that. You really yeah, gotta. He's uh, he's alma mater right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so first half, you went for nineteen, ended up with twenty-two. But I was like, damn, has where'd this come from? Like low key, I was honestly shocked. Right. Um, yeah. You know, like you get into that 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 space as an athlete, right? Where it's like you're unconscious. For sure. Uh, is that is that what was going on? Like anything you threw up was going in that first half. Once I made the first one which I thought I missed, I remember this pretty vividly, because I, I came off, um, it was like an inline out of bounds play, and I kind of came off, and the shot wasn't for me, but I was just kind of open, and I'm just like, dude, whatever, like, we're in the season, I'm just shooting, I gotta start playing. You know? We're probably going to Luke, huh? Luke, or team, right? Or Giannis. Yeah, there too, yeah. So, I mean, I just took it, and I made it, and Turner gave me a lot of confidence, because when I was running back, I don't want to say this um, on the podcast, but, you know, he was cussing, like, yes, like, yes. Yeah. Gave me confidence, like, wait, hold on. I'm going to take another one. And I hit it, and then I just kind of got rolling from there. And just my teammates were so genuine with me, man. They, they were just happy for me because um, they know, obviously, I went through the surgery, went through the red shirt year, and, and I was starting, but I wasn't really playing my game. So for me to kind of, you know, have that breakout game, kind of welcome myself to college almost was was exciting for me and it was really exciting to do in front of my family and friends you know in LA so that was pretty cool uh yeah definitely um I remember I remember that game I mean I, I knew you could get to the rim and attack as hard as possible but but shooting which ended up being like the biggest part of your game right right uh and you worked on it nonstop. I mean I was there after every practice you're trying to get shots up um my biggest thing for you was like, especially coming off a, a right shoulder, your shooting arm shoulder injury, 
I never thought you would become a shooter. I was, my biggest fear was like you wouldn't get that back. You know what I mean? Right. Like just getting that muscle memory back. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I came back a better shooter somehow, some way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how it happened, but I do. And then um, fast forward in the redshirt sophomore year, I just want to talk about one game, uh, the UCLA game. You know, yeah. obviously a big game, uh, a lot of family there, a lot of history there with you. Um, you had a good, you guys came out, you guys ended up losing, but you had a really good game. I think it was your season high. You ended up with 18. You had five threes in the game. Um, like what was the, the, the importance of that game playing at UCLA, especially a school you wanted to go to? I mean, it meant everything. It really did. I had never played like a real game in Pauly. Um, and when I saw the schedule, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was ecstatic. And I, I knew I was going to play well. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was just a matter of me getting in the gym and, and being able to play. And it was just cool because I knew my whole family was going to be there. I knew how excited they were for it, especially for my grandma, man. I mean, she grew up in there. You know, that was her college experience, whether it was, you know, with her husband or, you know, just being a cheerleader. So yeah. I knew what it meant to her. I knew, you know, what it meant to everybody in my family. And obviously, because it means so much to them, it meant so much to me. Um, and it was cool, you know, Coach Turner started me that game because I wasn't starting that year. And uh, he started me that game. Actually, um, beginning of that year, I tore my other labrum, like in the exhibition. Right. Oh, well. right. Yeah, first game. Um, and so at the beginning of that UCLA game, I mean, I'm taped, my shoulder's literally like taped onto my arm, taped onto my body, and I had like this huge, huge brace. And one of the first plays of the game, I'm trying to like get a rebound. You know, trying to jump with Aaron Holiday, which is a stupid idea. And I kind of tweaked my shoulder. And I'm like, oh, God, no. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play. And just kind of ran it off. And I kind of got open. It wasn't really open, but I knew I was going to shoot the first time I got the ball. And I made it. And I just kind of forgot about my shoulder. And I ended up having a pretty good game. Yeah, pretty good game. Was there conflict with your family chair for UCLA over you? You kind of, like, saw them, like, bouncing off the different, <laughs> different bleachers. Nah, they, they were champions. They were they wanted me just because, you know, they thought they should be recruiting. So it was always a little a little extra fire for sure. Um go ahead, JB. Would you say Polly is I know you love playing at at CSUN, you said, but um, yeah. would you say Polly is the top arena you played at, like your favorite arena? If you had uh, running back. I like Polly a lot. I'm not gonna lie. Lighting the lighting is very nice. Just the color, the vibe nice. in there, the vibe in the. It's, it's, it's crazy vibe. there. Yeah. And we should have, we should have won that game, and we should have won a game this year when we played LA. But I'll get to that later. Was your was your uh, Loyola teammate there too uh, at UCLA? Walsh, yeah, Thomas Welsh. He was there. He was killing too. He was killing all year. Yeah, is he in the league right now? Um, I think so. Bouncing around, I think. Somebody will get lucky and get and be serious about them and get lucky. Um, so, Russia junior year, I think that was your your breakout right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Averaged pretty much like thirteen, I would say, two and two. Um, you ended up playing mostly to two, right? Yeah. It was you and Yasu starting in the backcourt. Me, Yasu, uh, and Ev. Yeah, uh, you guys went went small over there, and then Gallo and Tommy in, in the down low. Yep, got on the time. 
And don't forget about Elston over there. Sixth don't man of the year. It was big. Oh, be um, So you end up Big West Tournament MVP. Um, and then you ended up being second team Big West. Now, I, I you shook your head. Yeah. Clearly, you're not happy about that. Um, what, what do you think? You should have been first team over there? I mean, I know I should have been first team, but I got the I got the real. You know, yeah, that's true. That's true. The tournament, and you know, because we won, and I had I had some good games. I got the MVP, but I mean, once I didn't get first team, it was just get to the tournament, get to the tournament, get to the tournament. Which you guys did. You guys kind of flew right through the Big West tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys blew out in the championship, I believe. Yeah, we won by like thirty. What was it Fullerton? Yeah, we owed them from the year before. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you guys get to the dance. You guys end up playing Kansas State yeah. as the 13th seed. Yep, 13 and four seed. Yeah. How's that? How's that experience? Like sitting with with the teammates, the family, the coaches, watching Selection Sunday on the big screen. You know, we we I got to watch it from home. Yeah. Seeing you guys' reactions, you know, it made me really happy. How'd that feel? Yeah. I mean, one of the best moments in sports that I've ever had, easily. For um, winning the conference tournament, just from winning the conference tournament on that Saturday night and then playing that next Friday, I think it was. Yeah. Probably the best week I've ever had from the actual games themselves to the celebrations, just, you know, to the people from the support to, to flying to San Francisco or San Jose. I mean, it was, we were on, we were on a high. We really were. Um, and that's just one of the experiences that I'll always, I'll always go back to. That's the best experience I've ever had playing basketball with some of the best people that I, you know, could have had it with. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I really, really wouldn't. Um, how do you even like? I mean, if I was in your shoes, I don't know how I would go to class like all week. Like, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, you know what's crazy? I don't even mean to out him on this, but we had study hall on Selection Sunday. Of course. You know how Turner is. Yeah, 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 of course. I mean, we're not doing work in there. We're just kind of talking about where we're going to play. But yeah, it was, it was a time, man. It was, it was a time. Any doubts that first game? Well, we played Kansas State the year before my redshirt sophomore year at Kansas State. And that was one of the hardest games besides Tyler Hughes' game that I've ever had in my life. Just because the way they guarded their guards were so fast and their bigs were so big. We just hadn't really seen anything like that, you know, in our conference. That's the biggest thing, obviously, between mid-major and high majors. It's just the size of guys, pause, and the athleticism. It's, it's, it's different, man. It, it really is. So they smacked us by, like, 25, maybe. Like, I'm eight, they smacked us. Um, and maybe we kept it close or brought it back close at some point, but we never really had a chance. Um, and so kind of having that film, kind of know who, like who we're playing, I think gave us a little bit of an advantage and it was damn near home game since we were just going up to San Jose. Yeah, exactly. And I want to say we went into the tournament, um, so we kind of forgot what it felt like to lose. Um, a Kansas state fan would say Dean Wade didn't play. That's why, that, that's why we lost. What do you say to them? um so then second round we got oregon yeah um so i had two brackets 
when I filled it out that year. Uh, In one bracket, you guys are winning the whole thing, of course. Okay. In the other one, I'm kind of being a little bit more realistic here. Right. But I had you guys winning Kansas State. I had you guys beating Oregon, but then you lose in the Sweet 16, I think it's after that. Yeah. Um, So Oregon, my takeaway watching the game, they're even bigger than Kansas State. Right. Right. They got King on you, start of the game. He's like 6'7". Right. He's also bouncing around the league. Like, and I think he's with Detroit, uh, and then he's with the Mad Ants or whatever their G League team is. So, and you didn't have the best game. Um, finished with seven, I want, I want to say. Although you were killing it in Kansas, you, right. Kansas State, you even hit that uh, halftime uh, buzzer beater, which was – I was lit. I remember I was so lit. Um, but what happened in that Oregon? You know, they had Pritchard, they had King, they had a couple other guys. Yeah, I mean – they were just really good, literally. Like, it kind of just comes down to how good they were, and they were clicking at the right time. I want to say they won their conference tournament, and that was the only way they are going to get in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So as hot as we were going on the 17-game winning streak, they were probably hotter just because of the teams that they had been beating. Um, and they just had been playing so well. They changed up their defenses really well. They zoned and they're manning. It's, it's a lot going on, just – and then you add in, you know, their size, and then you add in, you know, Peyton Pritchard. It's like, you know, this is a tough game. It's still a winnable game. Like, we still gave our, ourselves a chance to win. But sure. I wish I could have that one back because I missed some shots I should have made. And if we went to the Sweet 16, this all might look different. That would have been crazy. That would have been crazy. But we weren't thinking, like, get to the Sweet 16. We were just trying to win another game. Um, you know, that's sports, you know. There's a winner and there's a loser. And they were, they were good that year. Did they go to Elite Eight? No, they lost in the season. They lost in the season, yeah. 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 Was, was it different with, like, game time preparation, like, around that time? Was it, like, did you guys just treat it like any other game, or was there, like, a sense in the room that you guys looked at each other, like, we're in the tournament, like, this is, yeah. we need to, like, play our asses off? Somewhere in between, because Coach Turner did a really good job, Mish knows, of just kind of preparation. And he takes everything serious, whether it's practice, whether it's shoot around, whether it's the game. Like oh, gen- I, I got a, I got a really funny story with that after after you're done. Yeah, yeah. Um, genuinely. Um, so we were prepared. It was literally just like another game in terms of preparation, in terms of you know, shoot around, practice, getting ready for the game. But everyone knew it was bigger than just, you know what I'm saying, any other game. But we, we liked our chances, man. We had a team, a complete team. I want to say maybe played like average like 23 points a game that season. Um, and that might have been the most. Maybe Yasu or, uh, or Evan played maybe a little bit more. But nobody was playing crazy minutes. Everybody, you know, was a part of the team. and Everybody was contributing. And that's what's so beautiful about, you know, winning on a team like that. Getting to that stage, you know, you're in the, you're in the big tourney, big dance, cameras on you. Was there any any nerves? Any nerves, or was it just like now that the lights and the cameras are on me, like let's go? Probably more of the latter. I was kind of always telling my brother um, and my best friends, like, man, don't let me get to the tournament. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm at least try to. I'm at least try to. Right. And even my first shot was like beyond NBA range. Oh, yeah. I, I just had to test my oil. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, one sec. Can you talk one more time real quickly? Just Yeah, you hear me? Yeah, we're good. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure. 
Okay. So what's that story you got there, Nash? So just going back about uh, has mentioned how 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 serious Turner is with preparation. So we're we're in South Dakota for a Thanksgiving tournament, and uh, you remember Jamie, right? Has yeah, I, the ops guy. Yeah, I gotta see how he's doing, man. Right, I know. I was thinking about it the other day. So Jamie was our was our basketball operations guy. It was his first year, I believe, being in a, a basketball operations guy. He's, he's always been a coach, I, I think. In his life, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was first and last year with Irvine. So we're in South Dakota, and we, we're not getting any gym time because we're ever, it's like four teams. We're playing in one gym, so no one's getting gym time for walkthroughs. And sh- I think we have one practice or shoot around, but. Pre-game, we're not getting a walkthrough like we usually do. So Turner wants to go through the pre-game, um, and, and, and he tells Jamie, I need you to tape a, a basketball court in like our, our dining area that we're going to be sitting in. So Jamie's like, All right, okay, we'll, we'll do that. So Jamie goes and tells me, you're <laughs> going to go tape the, the court. Like, okay, I'll tape it. He gives me the roll of tape. On top of that, I had to do, I'm the team manager. I had to go do like the, the jerseys, the laundry, and all that stuff and figure out for the next day and pack. Um, and then the next thing, Coach Ryan tells me, hey, can you come 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. and help me work out Justin? Remember Wartner? Yeah. Shooter. Uh, yeah, shooter. So I tell Coach Ryan, okay, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll help you out too. So it's like three in the morning. The laundry's still not done. Uh, I'm just sitting there waiting. And I haven't taped anything, and I told Coach Ryan I'll be there at 6 a.m. I don't want to be late. I text Jamie. I know the guy's asleep, but I text him. I'm like, hey, Jamie, I can't do the tape. I'm going to leave the tape right in front of your doorstep of your hotel room. I'm going to go with Coach Ryan in the morning. Can you tape it up? He's obviously not going to answer. But in my head, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go with Coach Ryan. We're all going to die if this doesn't happen. But I'm going to go anyway. So I go with Coach Ryan. I put my phone away while I'm like helping. I'm guarding Justin and doing whatever Coach Ryan tells me to do. My phone is blowing up. And I see it and I know it's Jamie. And I know he's pissed. And I'm like, I'm not going to look. There's no way I'm going to look. I know Turner and I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I, we're done with the workout. I look at my, uh, at my text and Jamie's just cussing me out about why did you not tape it? You know, why did you not? He's like, I'm getting cussed out now. I, could, I don't know. Were you, would you remember this at all? Remember, I didn't know it had to do with you. I just thought Jamie just slept through it all. Yeah, yeah so Jamie told me to do it, but then Coach Ryan told me to help rebound, so I went with Coach Ryan. Sure. And then when I got back, I heard Turner took Pat and Jamie out of the room and cussed him out. One of the funnier moments. Yeah, one of the funnier moments for sure. Yeah, and then, and then Jamie doesn't talk to me for the rest of the trip, and Pat <laughs> comes to me. He's like, yo... Next time, just, you know how Jamie is? Yeah. Just, just do it. You know, just do it, please. You know, for the sake of all of us, yeah. just do it. Yeah. And I'm like, you're right. And Turner didn't say anything to me, though, because he told, you know, it wasn't my job, technically. Right. But, like, I don't want that to take away from the point of the story is that Coach Turner is really, really good at preparation. Yeah, he, um, he lets the assistant coaches uh, – figure out come up with a game plan and he'll obviously help out and adjust and whatnot but he's really good at that i'm just i'm just i'm still on the fact that he asked you to like take a whole dining room and turn it into a basketball court that's that's pretty intense that's that's honestly pretty standard nowadays though. it is I mean, yeah it is wow 
Yeah. To me, it was nuts, but then I realized like this is what this is what happens. What right. this is what everyone does. I mean, most of the stuff in college basketball is just nuts. Yeah, nuts. Yeah. But then, to my defense, of that Anaheim tournament, I was all all over it, and I taped up the floors. You did a great job, man. Yeah. Thank you. Job. Thank you. Thank you. You made up for it. I had know. to. I had to. Jamie was so pissed, but I had to. Yeah. Um, all right. So, also, I forgot to mention. Uh, you hold the Brenner Vence record for 10 three-pointers made in a game yeah. uh, versus crazy. Denver. Uh, that's like Steph Curry right there. How's that, how does that? You know, I know Steph's one of your favorites. My favorite, for sure. I just don't understand how Steph does that like once a week. <laughs> it's kind of bad. It really, really is. And I was hot that game. I, it felt like I was playing pickup, you know. Yeah. Really, really good, and I just couldn't miss. Um, I should have broke the NCAA record. I really should have. Because I had like 10 or 11 minutes left in the game. I, only, I didn't play that much. I only played like 20 minutes. But regardless, man, I, I'm grateful for that night. That's one I'll always remember. Um, not that many people were there, I don't think. But whatever. It was a fun game. After which uh, made three-pointer did you uh, have the green light to just keep, just keep letting it fly? Um... I mean, probably after the third one, because I hit three in like a minute and a half, two minutes. Oh, wow. It was, oh, oh, no. But it was always a thing with me. If I make a couple, you know, I'm shooting. Um, so it was kind of a matter of like, is he going to try to do this? Is he going to make them? And I was just making them, you know, because you can kind of think you're hot, kind of shoot yourself out of it. But I just kept getting hotter. Um, Are they calling plays for you or just, you're just pulling? Um, I think my teammates were just finding me, you know. I was playing with good point guards with Rob and Yasu and our bigs. They do a really good job of passing it out. And they're so good down in there in the post that they get trapped a lot or they get doubled. So it was a lot of just swing swings, a lot of transition threes. I really didn't have to get any plays called. It just kind of happened. And you got some really good screeners in Brad. We had some great screeners. I mean, we had some, just some big bigs. Yeah. Biggest dudes in practice, like, I think that's why I just became a shooter naturally because I can get layups. You know, I can't you know, get hurt. <laughs> um, so final year of college basketball, which is pretty much we're, we're in it right now, but we're not. Um, you end up transferring to the University of Arizona, uh, which, like you said, that redshirt year really was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Right, gave you the opportunity to go to Arizona. Um I don't want to ask why Arizona, because it's kind of obvious, you know, your brother played there. Right. Um, but were there any other schools, or how, is that, how does a transfer portal even work? Like, is it a website or something? Like, why are they called a transfer <laughs> portal? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I just know when I decided I was going to transfer with my family and I, obviously that was a conversation I was going to have with Coach Turner. And one thing about the portal is, like, it's public. So when you enter the portal, everyone's going to know you're in the portal. And I guess it's like a database. And all the coaches in the country have access to, like, your phone, your email, whatever. And they can hit you up. It's just like you're kind of, like, just back out there. So it was kind of a thing where it's like, do you know where you want to go? Because if you know where you want to go, maybe we can just contact the schools and it doesn't have to go public. And then you can always decide to come back. Um, but I was like, honestly, I kind of just want to have that experience that I've always wanted to have just kind of be you know highly 
thought out, thought of, and you know, sought after. And that's what I did. I went public with it, went into the portal, and within you know a couple of minutes, I was I was getting phone calls from from everybody. Now, what, what was the difference between playing for uh, Zona and playing for UCI? Big difference. I mean, obviously, I want to say, man, it's the same. It's just basketball, but it's just different. You know, high major is is just different. Um, it's just there's more at stake. You know, there is. I got teammates who are playing for next year. You know, and obviously they're playing for the now. But the bigger picture is, hey, I got money on the line, uh, and a lot of people have you know a lot of invested in Arizona basketball. So much. The history of basketball is so rich, so you can't just come up there and hoop. And in, in, in theory, that's what you need to do. You just need to go out there and hoop, but there's just there's a lot. It's, it's a lot going on. The pressure is different. Um, obviously, the coaches are different. And we had like eight or nine new guys this year. So just imagine that. I kind of felt like the soldiers. Like, I know we're practicing, but we've never played together before. You know, I don't even know really how you play like that. So there was a lot of of feeling out almost to the point where it takes some of the year to kind of figure out and mesh and, and kind of get the thing rolling. It's hard, especially when you're starting three freshmen. And as good as they are, like they're freshmen, you know, they're going to have freshman mistakes. They're going to have their crazy games, of course, because, you know, the future NBA players, but they're freshmen. And then you bring in transfers, whether they're, um, you know, in their second or third year. And then there was a couple of grad transfers like myself. So it was a, a culmination of things. And it was just kind of, it's interesting. You know, you've never kind of been on a team like that where you kind of got guys coming from everywhere in, in a college setting. Um, and we were playing like 10, almost 11 deep. So it's kind of hard for guys to get a rhythm. Guys want to play more. You know, guys want shots. But then you still got to coach and take guys out when you're not doing the right stuff. So as difficult as it was, you know, kind of like being on that team at times, I'm sure it was difficult to coach too with all the talent that you have. So. I wonder, like, when you're playing with dudes that are, like, because you guys are all, like, have most of the same goals. You guys want to excel and succeed and win. But but there's also guys that are trying to get to the NBA or play professionally. They'll go overseas. And do you guys, did you have, like, a sense of, like, when you guys were in team practices or when you guys were playing games that did it feel like any different with those dudes? Like, their attitudes, their perception of the game? Like, or was it just still, like, people were out to win? Um. I mean, at times, everyone kind of, you know, my high school coach, Coach Adams, always used to preach, you know, the difference between being selfish and the difference between being self-centered. They're so different, right? Some people are selfish, and they're, like, wishing bad things on other people. Like, I hope he gets a shot so I can get in. I hope he turns it over and gets blown by so I can get in. Then there's guys who are, you know, self-centered and not worry about anybody else but themselves. And that's easy to you know, happy for guys, especially at this level, just because like I came here for something and I'm trying to get it right. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. worried about myself. You guys are out there messing with my money, my image, whatever the case may be. Um, everybody kind of, you know, has to do that. But you know, the best coaches, the best teammates, they kind of get rid of that and just go out there and play together to win. Because that's when everybody eats. I was always say when I was at Arizona, like I'm living proof of that. You know, I wasn't out there playing 40 minutes a game, taking 40 shots. We saw some success, and I, I play well at the right times, and that's that's really what it's about. Because if you're not winning, nobody cares like that. Yeah. So. 
So we're here today now. College basketball is over. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're, I guess, I don't know. What's next, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, Basketball-wise or DJing-wise, you know, we didn't talk much about, you have an uncle who's, a, you know, a famous Grammy Award-winning producer mm-hmm. who, it kind of makes sense to me now. You know, I've seen you at Sharky's. I've seen you DJing. Right. You know, I knew that was a hobby of yours, but now that I did a little bit more research and I saw that your uncle's a, a famous DJ, DJ Khalil, uh, three-time Grammy Award winner, work with Eminem, Jay-Z, Dr. Dre, Kendrick. Um, is that something you're, you're, you could pursue? Because, I mean, I've seen you do it. It's been like, what, seven years now you've been DJing? Yeah, potentially. Um, I don't know if I'd want to be a DJ. I may DJ like for fun or, or for some side money, but I don't know if I'd want that to be my career. Um, I love to DJ, though. I love music. There's nothing like kind of controlling the crowd with your music. It's almost, it's like you're performing, you know? Um, my best friend and I, we were always talking about like that feeling with basketball, playing in front of so many people and making big shots or making a big play or winning a big game. That feeling is so, it's so real, you know? And you feel it and, and it feels so good because you put so much work into it and it's cool to have that impact on so many people. But you can get that same feeling in other things, right? And so that's now the transition I'm going through. So, okay, what do I want to do? You know, what kind of gets my heart going and what kind of, you know, turns me on? And DJing is one of those things. There's nothing like playing a song that, that everybody forgot about but that everybody loves. And now everyone's, you know, kind of singing in unison, rapping in unison, just, just having a blast. And you kind of did that, you know? I know it's not my song per se, but being able to play that and control the crowd is, is something that I definitely love to do. Um, but in terms of, you know, what I'm going to do, I'm not really sure. That's what this time has been kind of good for me for, you know, dabbling different things and kind of, you know, figure out what else I love to do. So just kind of just figure that out. Um, is there any any chance uh, you'll be pursuing a career in, um, like, designing clothes? Because yeah. I'm right here rocking your gear right here. Great hat. I got one. Shout out. Right Shout out right there. Rocking the shirt. Oh, that's a nice shirt. That's beautiful. Like, I don't know if you can see the, the, the logo scene. It's there. We can see it. I think it's yeah, there. I see it. I see it. There it is. I've been rocking this every podcast. Um, oh, I love it. I got to get you. We can find your stuff at uh, thebrandscene.com. Yeah, thebrandscene.com. Check it out. Got some cool stuff. I remember the first time you came out with it, I saw the NBA Street Volume 2, but instead of NBA Street, it says Scene Volume 2. Right. That's nice. That one and the Steve Nash with the, with the bandage on the eyebrow, I was yeah. like, damn, I need those. Yeah. You have them? Did I ever get them to you? No, no, I just have a hat. We'll make it happen, man. We'll make it. We'll make it happen. I need the shorts too. I remember there was a, there was there was a, the shorts of the volume two. Those are um, those are only the pair I ever made. I just kind of oh, made. Oh damn. But maybe I gotta drop them. I don't know. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. What made you want to venture out into doing like like such creative fields like that, like outside of basketball? Um, just trying to be you know versatile, honestly. I mean, I love basketball, I always have, but there's so many other things that I love, too. Mm-hmm. As music, I wouldn't go far and say I love fashion, but there's nothing like a dope t-shirt, you know? Mm-hmm. I was kind of always looking for dope dope tees that had to do with basketball, that had to do with music. And I was like, why don't I just make my own, and just wear my own clothes? And I made a couple, and people liked them, and I'm like, well, maybe I should start a brand, you know? I didn't think of this, maybe I could do anything. And I just kind of started to make some clothes. And what is like, like what scene? What is that? 
Um, it kind of goes back to the DJ thing, right? I'm, I was kind of alluding to, you know, playing a song that everybody kind of forgot about, but that everybody knows. There's nothing like that feeling. And then when I kind of started to create some clothes, I'm like, maybe I could try to give that feeling, but through, you know, fabrics and t-shirts. Like, oh my God, I forgot about that moment. Where did you get that? So just trying to, you know, like you've seen it before. I like that. Right? At, I put nostalgia at its finest. Just trying to take people back to a time. Um, just for a moment, you know? Just trying to take them back to a time. Um, for sure. So that about wraps up, I mean, the, the interview process. Yeah. Uh, JB and Godin got some questions for you. They want to just go rapid fire, maybe okay. one at a time. I don't know how you guys want to do it. Just alternate. All right. Um, sure. And yeah, just. All right. All right first question. Here we go. Has Kobe or MJ? Kobe, man. I'm from LA. Yeah. From LA. But th that documentary is nuts right now, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It, it's it's Rodman tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Three for us tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. Dude, I thought Sunday was yesterday. Like, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> Courtney's messing us all up, man. <laughs> well, here, here, here's one. Would you rather have the game-winning dunk or the game-winning three? I think I know the answer. I'm going to say dunk because I never dunked really? it. Really? I've never dunked it again. Oh, okay. I've never dunked it again, which hurts, which is, like, hard to, to swallow. But mm -hmm. I've, I've hit a couple, you know. Go ahead, threes before, so a dunk would be cool. But he can dunk though, just for FYI, he can dunk. I've seen it. You can dunk. Can you can? You can. 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 You, you oh, yeah. okay. I can't dunk right now. <laughs> would there be that moment of like, what do you think would be more nervous? Like that moment where you're like about to throw it down, you feel like mm, maybe I might miss this, or is it whenever you shoot that you think uh -huh. like? I've grown so accustomed to to shooting, and accustomed to just taking bad ones and making bad ones. I, I wouldn't really trip over taking a shot. But dunking, getting hung would be embarrassing. Um, just missing the dunk. Why don't you just lay it up? Especially for the game. Oh, yeah. Um, who, who's, uh, whose game do you model yours after? I don't know, man. Obviously, I try to emulate the way Steph shoots the ball. Yeah. I could never handle it or pass it like Steph, obviously. Um, I love, you know, Dane's poise that he has. I try to, to take that and emulate that for sure. Um, but, man, I really, I really just go back to Curry, man, just the way he plays the game with the freedom, with the excitement, with the joy. Yeah. It's like, how could you not win it? Yeah. So here, here, here's might be one. I don't know if you're, you're, you're one way or the other. Nike or Adidas? Um, Nike? Every day, I'd say Nike, but I had the best year, you know, in my career wearing Adidas. So I kind of got a little love, you know, for Adidas and the soft spot and the place in my heart for Adidas. But Nike, I'd say, makes the best year all around. Did, did, you, did you ever know any players who had, like, superstitions with, like, with their gear? Um, I did. I was always trying to wear tight. And then I started wearing, like, a... Kyrie half sleeve type of deal, mm -hmm. just because it looked and it kind of reminds me of top three artists of all time. 
That's tough. That's tough. Number one is easy, Drake. Um, two, all time. Yeah. yeah. Two. Your list. This is in order, by the way. Um, Michael Jackson's got to put him in there. I don't know. Warren Hill, maybe? In her okay. Oh, okay. I like that. I like I, that. I can tell him there's like two of those three choices. He, sh- he shook his head there with Drake. You shook the head of Drake? No, no, no. I'm a, I'm a Drake fan. I'm not. I'm a, I'm a Drake. I don't. I don't love Drake, but I'm a Drake fan. Okay. What don't you love about? Like, what's there not to love? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just something about like he he has a different relationship with Drake. Like, like the the pop star thing is just like I don't know. You just say Kanye. What's up? You wanted me to say Kanye, right? I was hoping you said Kendrick, honestly. Okay, yeah. I mean, That's where did Kendrick go? Like, he's not making music anymore? That's what I'm saying. Every Thursday, I'm on, I'm on like, just <laughs> every Thursday night, Friday, I'm he, waiting. He's on a hiatus right now or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he, he's going to come back with a classic, but until yeah, then, yeah, I got my sure. Got him? Well, well here, here's kind of, well, here's kind of what I'm, I'm curious about as a film buff. What's your favorite movie or TV show? Like, what are you really into? Mm, favorite movie. All-time movies, I'd say. The Truman Show, I loved. Classic. Hitch is one of my favorites. Rush Hour. Cool. Oh, yeah. Um, That's right there. I really like Lost. I was watching Lost when I was at UCI until I got too confusing. Um, <laughs> Stranger Things is good. Um, I tried to watch, uh, what is it, Love is Blind? Is that is that what it's called? On Netflix? Yeah, I saw, I saw a couple episodes. I was trying to watch it, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we talked, well, we mentioned earlier briefly about the Jordan doc. Like, have, when, when you're watching it now, like, do you have a different sense of, like, what's going on with, with the Bulls and everything? Like, did it change your perception of Michael Jordan growing up? I had no idea, you know. It's just, he's kind of like a mythical, you know, creature in a way. Especially growing up, it's just Michael Jordan. Um, and I obviously didn't really get to see him play. You see highlights and stuff, but you never really get to see, like, real raw clips. And that's where I think, you know, the GOAT conversation can get screwed. Um, it's just because, like, I watch Kobe every game. His bad games. Yeah. And, and same with LeBron. Like, we pick him apart. And it's easy for people to say MJ is the GOAT just because, like, all we see is highlights and everything that he did in a positive way. Um, so this documentary is dope. There's so much history that I didn't know. It's like a basketball history lesson as well. But the craziest part about MJ was just his swag, man. He was just so ahead of his time. He was like a, a more athletic collide um, with Odell's swag. It's weird. It's like I've never seen anything like it. Um, Nish was telling us a little earlier about uh about you and you and DeAndre Aiden have played have some two K uh some two K beef or something like that. You want you want to spill that, Nish? Well, I'm never I'm never no no, no. I was talking about how how I saw DeAndre Aiden wearing wearing a scene shirt yeah, on okay, ESPN. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I've never okay. played two K. I know he's nice. I know that's like one of the things. Um, so could you beat him? Could you beat him in two K? I'm rusty right now. I've been playing my player and like just in the park for the most part during the quarantine. I haven't 
obviously had anybody to play with. What's your overall? I got two dudes. So I got a 92 slasher, 6'9 lefty. Blocks and rebounds. Everything. Can't shoot it that great. And you're then just I, pressing RT and X. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> and then I made a new scoring machine. He's like a six-five point guard. He's tough. Freak at freak athlete. Can make can make some shots. Did, did you grind? Did you grind for these guys, or did you buy their? Uh, did you did you straight up buy their overall? <laughs> yeah, spot no. question. That's a great question. <laughs> Somewhere in between, because you can only buy. I think you can get to like an eighty. Oh, paying. And so mm-hmm. I had to grind a little bit. I had to grind a little bit. I pieced yeah. up too, though. I you got plenty up. of time. Yeah, I, there's just better ways to spend it. Yeah. yeah. I'm 23. And uh, here's the last cool. one I wanted, cool. I wanted to ask. Um, outside of basketball, outside of DJing, outside of being uh, owning your own clothing brand, if you had to pick one profession and career that you were to stick with, what would it be? Mm, if I was, like, really, really good at everything? Yeah, like if if you had to pick another, if you had to go down this other route, and you said, you know what, like that that this is the route I've been given. Like, what 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 job would you want to do? Mm. I would. I love storytelling. I love I love storytelling. How I would you know tell stories, you know, would, would kind of to be determined. But you know, helping people, you know, tell their stories, giving people a platform, you know, to tell their stories and. And help kind of be a part of that creative process is something that I'd love to do. Awesome. I don't know what you guys are doing, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have been great. Like, man, like it's really awesome to have you on. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. For real. Um, so yeah, has I mean, thanks for coming in. Um, it was a pleasure having you. Uh, hopefully, we could do this again sometime. You know, whenever you've made it, and whatever you've made it, we could we could do another interview. And see where you've been in life. Uh, we wish you the best of luck in everything. Uh, we're you have sorry any shout-outs or anything? was cut short. Yeah, if you got any shout-outs. Um, shout-out to y'all. Y'all doing it, man. I respect it. Especially that. transitioning into the real world. You know, I admire and respect what you guys are doing, man. It's trailblazing. You're just going for it. So I'm hyped to you know, see you guys be successful and see the work pay off for real. Thanks, man. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you. Go ahead, go ahead and plug your social media real quick, Haz. Okay. At, at Max Hazard and on Instagram and at Max Hazard 2 on Twitter. And uh, where could we get your uh, your your outfits, your your fits? Yeah, that's at thebrandscene.com. For sure. We'll have, everything, we'll have everything linked up in our description. Okay, we got you. So, yeah, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, I has. Thanks for uh, being with us. Uh, good luck. Uh, stay healthy. Stay safe. Yeah, you guys. Uh, and uh, one little thing before we leave: if this quarantine ever ends, I'm inviting you to uh, a, a, like a park league or an adult league. We're gonna hoop together. I'm there, bro. I'll be there. Uh, I, want, I want to be there just to watch you school yeah. in basketball. No, no, we're gonna be on the same team. We're gonna oh, be on the same, same team. team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, where can you find us, Nish? Uh, find us on Twitter at Since94 Podcast. We're on YouTube now. You find us on Instagram, Since94 Podcast. You can listen to us on any um, streaming website that you stream your podcasts on, with, whether it be Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, 
uh, Anchor, whatever it is. Follow us, subscribe, like, comment. Let us know what we're doing well. Let us know what we suck at. Um, if you have any guests we'd like to interview, we'd love to have some more people, more suggestions. And yeah, sure. we're since time for podcast. Um, I got Gary D. I got JB. Has it's been a pleasure. Yeah. And peace. Right. Peace. peace.